This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Bet Online, and the FFPC. Wow, wow, you guys, that's 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 your intro. You guys have been rolling with that intro for that long. Look, 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 back it up, back it up, back it up. Let me help you have an intro. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Trade Cast. This is your host, as always, Dynasty Trades. What's up, y'all? Wow. I missed that. I really missed that. The only other thing that anyone has missed is Nathan with DoorDash as a sponsor. Um, (laughs) Holy crap, you guys. Eric's back. He is here. The sultry sounds of Dynasty Trades has, I mean, he's, he's he's back. He's with yeah, us. Yeah. This is official. If he's here forever now, he's never leaving again. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. It, it's a uh, that dormant Twitter account that has like twelve thousand followers. Yeah, that's uh, it's back. I'm here. Yeah, back and I'm sure it. I'm sure it's for sale. I'll slide into Eric's DM. He'll sell it to you for twelve ninety nine. I was about to say yeah, twelve ninety nine with no decimal places. Come and get it, baby. <laughs> All righty, so. We are in September, folks. When you're listening to us, it is September. That is the, the month that football starts. That is the month of my birthday. Send me some birthday presents. And How, how old are you going to be, Nathan? Uh, 17. Way, way, way too old. 27. Yeah, too damn old to be talking about your birthday. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tonight, it is our bowl prediction hot take episodes. We've got some hot takes for you. And after we do our hot takes, we'll do our predictions. They will be of the bold variety. And Dan's here, by the way, who he said DoorDash. Um, so shout out to sure. DoorDash. And so each of us will be giving a take um, based on a position. And first, we have our FFP stat attack, who has his stat for his hot take at the quarterback position. It's Dan Sanyo. That's right. This week's FFPC stat attack is the fact that Cam Newton has rushed for over 700 yards three times. And an additional three times, he's rushed for over 500 yards. What does 2020 have in store for us? I'm guessing some rushing yards. Nathan, talk to me about the FFPC. The FFPC. Your time's winding down, folks. If you want to get involved with a redraft league or a best ball league, now is your time to do it with the FFPC. They got high stakes. 
You might may not have your fancy high stakes Vegas drafts like you're used to, but I'm sure they got the high stakes drafts on the Zooms, on the Zooms, or just on the websites. Whatever you need, FFPC's got it. Get involved with the redraft league last minute. You know, you, you're like, oh, I'm in two, three leagues. Do I need a fourth? Yes, you need a you need a fourth league and get involved with the FFPC. Got some redraft, got some best ball, whatever you need. FFPC's got it. Great supporters of Rotoviz. Make sure you get involved with the FFPC today. So. Tell us more about the, this this hot take you have on Cam Newton, Dan. All right. Well, it's rather warm. We've seen Cam Newton kind of show up in the QB1 fashion relatively normally. Uh, obviously, health has become somewhat of an issue. The shoulder was an issue for a bit. And, you know, Carolina just kind of got stale there for a while. And it, it just really wasn't working. So now we see Cam Newton in... Uh, you know, the the evil geniuses team with, with Belichick. And, yeah, he doesn't have the you know, the McCaffreys or the DJ Moores or back in the day when it was Steve Smith. You know, now we've got Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry and Mohamed Sanu and 77 running backs in the backfield. But you have what should be still a relatively polished offense because it always seems to be with Josh McDaniels and you also have a brutally awful defense. So this offense is going to be on the field quite often. Cam, I mean, he's a running quarterback. Obviously Carolina tried to get him to stay in the pocket towards the end of his stint there. It just never really works. Cam is at his best when he is outside the pocket, using his legs, using his physical abilities. And I honestly, my, my hot take is, Cam Newton as a top five fantasy quarterback in 2020. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a bit sizzling there, Dan. But it's, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting take that could work out. I mean, if anybody can do it, the Patriots can. I just worry about him having short wide receivers, and <laughs> I just like, I'm, I don't know, I've just never seen it, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Okay, that's fair. I, I feel good about it. Um, for those that are uh, new to the show, I am a Cam Newton enthusiast, and I have him in way too many Superflex Dynasty rosters, and I would love for him to have a top five season. But I uh, don't have the same exact concerns as Eric, but even as a Nikhil Harry enthusiast, I kind of doubt that the Patriots have the weapons to produce a top five quarterback season. And yes, the, the running will account for some of that, but... You know, I would, I would, I would bet against Cam Newton being a top five quarterback. But if there's anyone who's being drafted in, I'm guessing he's probably being drafted in the QB twenty to twenty five range in redraft. And if there's a guy that's being taken there that has top five upside, it's probably Cam Newton because of that rushing upside. All right. So in his defense, just just so there is a little bit of statistical backing. Obviously, we know about the rushing yards, but let's let's look at New England's perspective. And obviously, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but. He hasn't in, let's assume, full season since like 2009 had fewer than 500 attempts or 3,500 yards. So I think that's kind of a decent baseline for Cam as like a 3,500-yard QB. Any passing touchdowns at like 20-plus I think is is kind of your, your baseline. And then from a rushing perspective – I mean, I'm pretty comfortable just throwing 500 yards and like six touchdowns at him. And then anything on top of that, I think is just going to be gravy. So that, you know, obviously it's not going to be a Lamar Jackson type output, but once you get 
once you get into that five, 600 yards for rushing output, you're going to start creeping up there, assuming health. That's, that's really the big question. So this is cams, a a boom bust. It's not going to be, well, he finishes as QB 18 and he still beats his ADP and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's going to be everything or nothing. Yeah, that, that's the fear I have is like, and I'm a I'm a Cam enthusiast as well, if you recall, Nathan. So many on many rosters, actually, Kitchen Sink, I believe you took most of my roster, so that was good to see when when you you had more money than I did. Um, but I do worry, at least in the back of my head, that Cam is just washed at this point, um, and that you know you're putting putting any real asset into him is scary. But you're, I think Dan, you've got it exactly right. It's really boom bust. All right, let's move on to a guy who is my hot take, and I don't think this guy is boom-bust at all. I think he has one of the highest floors in the NFL today, and that's Josh Jacobs. My hot take on Josh Jacobs is that he will have 60 receptions and will be a top three running back in fantasy football in 2020. Now, uh, the running back core of the Raiders has been somewhat the topic of the last couple of months with them bringing in various terrible running backs like Jeremy Hill, and I think some other guys as well who have been bad. And they also have Jalen Richard, and they drafted Lynn Bowden. All this to say, I think Lynn Bowden is a gadget guy and isn't really going to be a threat to Josh Jacobs' touches. And I think that Josh Jacobs is going to show that he is the better you know, receiver and the better player out of the backfield than, than Jalen Richard. So I, I think that they're going to get the ball to Josh Jacobs a lot more than they did last year with him only getting 20 catches. I think that number is going to triple. At least that's the hot take. I think the more reasonable take is that it's going to double. And if he gets to that 40 catch mark, he's easily a top five running back. Yeah. Uh, I, it's hard to, I mean, so it, for me, it's tough to write off the additions that they've made in the backfield. Whether, I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to write off Lynn Bowden. I, I think that he was brought in for a reason to, to be used in that fashion. I think John Gruden specifically likes to use Josh Jacobs as his pure runner, even though we all believed, I I think that he was, he excelled as a pass catcher and it was more between the tackles. That was the question mark. And we didn't get to see them use him that way last year. And uh, so for me, I think his floor is extremely high. The problem is, is I don't see a lot of additional work through the air. I think I think his his carries are as sustainable as they come because no one on that roster is going to push him for for touches between the tackles. But I mean, maybe he gets a little boost into that thirty, maybe forty reception range. I, I just don't see him making a big leap. Um, but that being said top three upside is still there because of how good Josh Jacobs is, even without all of those catches. When we've seen guys like Adrian Peterson do it, when we saw PPR backs kind of starting to come on and, and AP just, I mean, he'd blow them away with like 1500 yards and 15, 16 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, I think that the, and I, I think that's, it's not a crazy. I think the catches, as Dan's alluding to, are kind of maybe the crazier take in that. I mean, he's going in the, in the first round right now as the RB nine, uh, I mean, there is no reason he couldn't finish as a top three RB here. Like that seems well. well sure, yeah, with, the, the hot take wasn't the finish; it was the catches. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, and I think that, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I could see it too, though. Yeah, I mean, who else is going to catch passes there? Henry Ruggs, <laughs> Brian Edwards. <laughs> yes. Don't let's. Hey, no Hunter joking Renfro? about Brian Edwards. 
Yeah, you can joke <laughs> about Hunter Renfro because he, uh, I feel like Eric. Too. Eric, were you a Hunter Renfro guy? I think, feel like you were a Hunter no, Renfro guy. No, I was not. That was that was <laughs> not me. That must have been one of the other hosts in the past. <laughs> was I was I a Leonard Fournette guy? I was. Yeah. Does is that a? And, no, I oh, think and, you were and, DJ and, Chark, AJ Green guy. No, well, no, was, no, 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 wrong. What was it? It was James Washington. James Washington, AJ Green. Yes, because DJ Chark, AJ Green makes more sense. Hey, I was all over DJ Chark. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear it, y'all. He's money no, to the bank. Okay, was no, I was all over DJ Chark. Children, hey, we're bickering. If only they were recorded and you could go find them somewhere. See, this is what happens when when the family gets back together. It's it, it eventually just becomes a roast session and everyone argues over whose takes were whose. Yeah, yeah, exactly speaking, of, exactly. speaking of bad takes, Eric has one. Uh, yeah. one. Speaking of bad takes, Mike Davis and dog poop. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, well, okay. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that crazy, but I guess maybe I'll get roasted here. Um, but if, if I'm thinking, if I, I got tasked with giving a hot take for a wide receiver, um, and mine is Alan Lazard, I think I, I think there's the, the pieces there for a sneaky, viable, like, dynasty asset. Um, he's young he's finally just coming on the scene he has a path to actually be the wide receiver two in green bay like a pretty reasonable path for it i don't know i i he's produced on he produced last year on a couple on what like 12 games 13 games something like that like i don't know i feel like he's got i i, I just think he's like flashed enough to where i'm taking a flyer on him and what's his value going to be at this point i've been out of the dynasty trade value game at this point but a third round pick if, if even at this point yeah, it's a third. So it seems to me like that's, I don't know. There's not many players that I feel like that are young that you can pay a third for that have that kind of upside. I mean, I, I think that it's, I don't know. The hot take that I have that I wrote down here is that he's a viable dynasty starter this year, like a wide receiver three. And it's not it's not a terrible take, uh, but I do think that in recent years that, you know, that, that wide receiver two spot in Green Bay used to be like a coveted spot. Like, hey, you want to get Green Bay's wide receiver two? Randall Cobb. Yeah, or Jordy Nelson or whoever it may be. But as Aaron Rodgers has went from like superhuman to just kind of okay quarterback, to that George wide receiver backup. Yeah. That <laughs> that QB I mean that wide receiver two slot has decreased in value. And there's I, I think that there's still some viability into the other wide receivers contending for that wide receiver two spot, Equinemius St. Brown. And whoever else they have it. <laughs> Mark has all that. Well, I think, I think Equiminius yeah. is really the threat there. Like the yeah. like Devin Funches is on that team, and Old Stone. No, he, he opted Funches, out. He opted oh, out. He, all right, never mind. Just like he used to opt out from catching passes. Um, <laughs> so my so thing, nice. my thing with Green Bay is that it's essentially Defonte Adams, and then a couple of tiers, and then everybody else. In 2019, albeit they had you know, injuries and inconsistencies and blah, blah, blah. They had six, count them, six pass catchers between 45 and 68 targets. They spread the ball around anytime they weren't throwing it to Devontae Adams, who had 127 targets in 12 games. So I think there's still going to be a Devontae and then just whoever else, they'll randomly scheme people open. I, I don't hate Alan Lazard by any means. I just don't think he's good enough to separate himself from the other wide receivers that are there already that are essentially the same guy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I don't even know if he's still on the team, but he and uh, Equinemius St. Brown both are just kind of in that mediocre wide receiver three type, you know, NFL wide receiver three, not (laughs) fancy wide receiver three. Um, Those are kind of the types of guys that they are. They're, They're, 
you know, just kind of extras. I, I, I don't, I don't feel like Alan Lazard can separate himself from them, but if he can, then there's probably a hundred to 115 targets ready to come for him. Assuming Aaron Rodgers is comfortable throwing him the ball. So I mean, he's currently the wide receiver 65. So that seems know. high. Yeah, that does seem high. Does it? Okay. That, that means it does. he's like, I mean, he's like a top 12 startup. I think he's being assumed as the wide receiver too. And I don't think there's really anything that tells us he absolutely is. But I mean, becoming a viable starter really wouldn't take much. It literally is going to take one injury. And instead of simultaneous injuries with other wide receivers, like they kind of, it, it seems like they've had, it always seems like somebody comes up bomb or, or they're just Aaron Rodgers is, you know, it's somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed and just is not throwing in the ball. So I think the upside is definitely there for him to become like a wide receiver four slash five, where he is contributing like 10, 12, 14 points somewhat consistently I mean, I, I can't. It's hard to fully deny that one. All righty, let's go to our Frankenstein tight end take. We're not going to go too far into this because you know it's tight end. It's stupid. But tight ends suck. They do. They do. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Eric, you may not know this. We we made a startup league where you don't have to start a tight end. Oh, uh, we, we should, tight we should end actually game. have a league where you can only play tight ends. I won't play in it. <laughs> All right, tight ends. Um, I've been going back and forth on a couple takes, so I'm just going to go with this one. Maybe it's not a t- hot take. Who knows? Kahale Waring is the Texans' tight end one and finishes the top 15 tight end. Ooh, I don't hate that. If he can separate himself again from the 75 tight ends that are on the Houston Texans roster, kind of like the Chicago Bears, that's they like to use their tight ends. The problem is with Houston is that they like to use about 15 of them. All right, I'll give my homer take for my Hokies, uh, and that is that Logan Thomas is the tight end one on the Washington football team by the end of this year and has reasonable dynasty value. He's free right now. What's up? Who? But, but Eric, you didn't even have to put in the by the end of the season. Like, he already – like, who else could it be? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Sprinkles? The ghost oh. of the ghost of, of Jordan Reed? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right, yeah. You're right. So he has tight end one. There you go. There's my hot take. All right. I'm going to go a little warmer than talking about straight dookie tight ends. And we're going to talk about one that's (laughs) actually good at football. And that's going to be Irv Smith Jr. Uh, I'm sure if you've been around the last few months, you've probably heard my love for Irv. I've got him moving into that top six by season end. I think he is going to make a push to kind of get in that Evan Engram territory. Uh, He's got all of the talent in the world. The issue standing in his way is essentially Kyle Rudolph. But if you heard the last couple of weeks, or I think it was maybe two weeks ago, we talked about Irv Smith. And he and Kyle Rudolph essentially had the exact same role in the offense. They're slowly moving Rudolph towards just an extra left tackle and slowly moving Irv into their big, big slot tight or big slot wide receiver. So um, I think Irv has all the upside in the universe. He's only tight end 15 right now, going behind Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, Mike Gusecki. All guys, I think he's better than. Well, let me ask a question just on the tight end because I there's been I've I've been doing a lot of these uh, free agent drafts on uh, for for kitchen sink leagues, and I've noticed that Blake Jarwin is going for a lot, and there's a little bit of buzz behind him. What's your guys' thoughts on him being a thing in 2020? No, Dan, don't shake your head because you were hyping up Blake Jarwin as I was talking. Yeah, before people they drafted C.D. Lamb because that the targets were there, and then they drafted C.D. Lamb, and then it's gone. I that's been the take the entire time. Because I, I, 
there, this was, I'm guessing, before the draft where people were drafting Blake Jarwin as like a top 15 tight end. And I was like, I, I don't get it. And then someone made the case, like, is a top is is tight end 15 an expensive price? I'm like, yes, when like the per- player doesn't matter and is never going to do anything ever. But yes, and, I, and has no upside. Right. I mean, he had some upside pre lamb, uh, post lamb, zero upside. He had tight. He he had legitimate tight end one upside prior to the CD Lamb move because the targets were going to be there. I mean, you you could have written down ninety targets, I think, and I would have said that's definitely not ballsy. That's not hot. That's not even I think overestimating. I think not, that ninety realm would would have been a great spot for Jarwin. But the addition of CD Lamb, I think, just means that all the wide receivers are going to have a hundred, and nobody else is going to have any more than like fifty or sixty. Well, the. Cowboys got delivered a wide receiver one in the middle of the first round of the draft. How can I get myself delivered a nice uh, little hoagie or some Chinese food? What do you, what do you think, Dan? Let me tell you about our friends at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you are craving, and they bring it right to your door. Ordering is easy. You just open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your favorite food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, even Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, once again, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Red Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key. Your key, Dan's key, Eric's key. Everyone's key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to get a a checkout discount of 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy. Best ball mania. $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device, and you're going to make a deposit. You're going to use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're going to go refer five friends, and Underdog and ROTOVIZ will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's kind of like a two-for-one. You sign up, 
You put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIZ, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called the Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ, and chase that glory. All righty. Now that we have gone with our positional hot take, now that we will go into our awards. We're going to be throwing out some awards, some fake awards, some real awards. We're going to start off with a fake award, which actually could be a real award if you really think about it. Uh, fantasy bounce back of the year. We'll start off with Dan. Who is your fantasy bounce back of the year for the year of 2020? Well, my fantasy bounce back is going to have to be an old guy. And it's going to have to be an old guy that's going to be on what I think is going to be a surprisingly good offense with a new quarterback. That, of course, is going to be old man Rivers himself, not Phillip, but A.J. Green. Only played nine games last year. Was on pace, honestly, to have a pretty strong season through nine games. He had 77 targets, 46 catches, just shy of 700 yards and six touchdowns. And, you know, he's got Joe Burrow coming in. He's got an offense filling in around him. Yes, Tyler Boyd's still there. Uh, Obviously, they bring in T. Higgins. Joe Mixon is going to take some work. Giovanni Bernard's going to take some work. But here's the thing. When you have an all-pro wide receiver, an elite one like A.J. Green, yes, he's probably lost a step, and he's definitely beyond his prime, but he's still got it, man. And what's what's a rookie quarterback's favorite thing going to be? A reliable veteran Tyler Eifert. Who, can, who can take the game over. Tyler Eifert plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> but also, Dan, I have news for you. A.J. Green didn't play football last year. Sorry, 2018 was the last time he played. So he's going to have fresh as can be legs. Yeah, That's what I meant, 2018. This is not that, and I I love the Bengals. I I don't see AJ Green bouncing back. I, you're out of football this long. It just never works out well. It, I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of like somebody who's out a year. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that comes to mind as being another like that. That actually might be the only example. But that is a man who literally is conditioned like I don't know. I I, I don't even know what to describe him as other than like otherworldly. I don't know. That makes me very, very nervous. And is he fully committed to playing the year? I guess. I guess so. He returned to practice what, like this week at some point here. So, yeah. I, I guess that's. I'm. I'm very, 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 very sketchy of that hot take. But I guess yeah. that's why. Uh... Yeah. The the only sketch to put out out I am is that I I think Adrian's fine, but I think the talent in the Bengals offense is going to stop him from being too fantasy productive. I think that Boyd is the wide receiver one there now and that Higgins is going to get some targets and Joe Mixon is going to get some targets that I'm not sure what part of the pie AJ Green's going to be getting. And, you know, I I still think John Ross is a decent best ball type guy. So I think AJ Green's solid, but I'm not sure what his upside is in, in that offense with all his weapons. Just feel like he's gonna be he's gonna be Joe Burrow's go-to. Honest, I mean, yeah, Tyler Boyd could have that same effect, but I mean, AJ Green's an All-Pro wide receiver. You know that 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 hits a little bit differently than Tyler Boyd. And, and, and I mean, if Burrow does light up the NFL, I mean, this is this could this could be just production all around, which isn't out of the realm of possibility as well. Like that, every piece of this offense is productive. For sure. 
And he'll stay in the AFC North with Baker Mayfield as my fantasy bounce back player. Uh, because we were expecting him to have a breakout QB one type season last year. And that did not happen. Didn't quite have the chemistry with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham jr. And just injuries and a terrible O line, all those things. And I think that some of that, some of that's going to turn around that, uh, you know, a full year with uh, off season with, you know, a full of year as COVID there is, uh, with Odell Beckham's going to help. And that, that, that offense is going to turn around with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I think, Baker Mayfield just leading one of the best offenses in the NFL uh, is going to benefit from him. He was sloppy last year. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say anything but that. But and honestly, you know the the chemistry may not have been perfect with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, but both guys had. I mean, it still had thousand yard seasons. The touchdowns weren't there because the offense just kind of stumbled. Most of that was Baker's fault. Uh, I feel like he had too much pressure. That offense was supposed to have been, you know, what the Chiefs were. That was the expectations preseason. And, and even throughout the season, hey, they'll bounce back. Hey, they'll figure it out. And we saw them some games. We saw them absolutely light it up and and was like, hey, where's this team been? So I really like this one. I, I think Baker's got an, got it in him. He's got an offense with tons and tons of talent around him. There's no reason for him to fail. Uh, I do think some of the coaching changes and all of those things to get used to uh, are definitely part of kind of what has held him back, obviously starting with Hugh Jackson and then getting Freddie Kitchens. And now it's going to be some sort of like hybrid monster. Uh, it That's tough to kind of get over. So I would say if there was going to be a season, I was like sure that he would show up and show out would probably be 2021. But if he has another kind of mediocre to bad season, we maybe don't get 2021. I, I don't know. But yeah, I do like the opportunity to bounce back here for for Baker Mayfield for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a fine bounce back candidate. I mean, it's it would be, it's not very hard to bounce back from what he did last year. So, uh, I, th- I think he's certainly got the talent if he applies himself and the talent around him. I'll pivot to my bounce back candidate, and it's pivot. 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 Yeah, we still do pivot. Excellent. That's tremendous. Um, and Nathan now understands the joke. Did he actually go watch Friends and now understands <laughs> the pivot joke? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, um, my, yeah, so my, mine is a player that admittedly I've been kind of have not given up on yet and probably should have, but it's David Johnson. Um, he's with the Texans now, sits atop that depth chart. Um, who's the, uh, what's the name of the guy behind him? Uh, the uh, Duke Johnson. I was like, he, the Cleveland guy that, uh, that Dan really loves. What's, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, he really doesn't have much competition behind him. I think that he's going to get an opportunity to be a bell cow. I don't think he's a long-term fantasy asset because he is 28 and a running back, but they're giving him a chance to be the bell cow here. And I, I think his valuation, uh, we were talking about it actually before the show, what his valuation is right now. And, and Nathan, I think, described it pretty well, where he's like, that. this is a player that the people that own him got so expensively back in the day that they're not willing to trade him for a second. Um, but at the same time, he is really not worth a first. Um, but I do. I, I don't know. I think he's a player that that if you have been holding on to him for so long, maybe if you, if you can't even go buy him, don't feel comfortable for a first. If he's on your squad, maybe you get some actual production for the first time in a couple of years. It's a tough one for me because I think I think we're the David Johnson truthers and the guys that believe he can bounce back still believe 2016 David Johnson is there. And just say that out loud one time. 2016 David Johnson. That was a while ago. 
David Johnson from 2016 is still there. I said I, it out loud. I don't, man. I don't think so. I, I something happened when that injury occurred in 2017 that yeah. mentally. Uh, I mean, I don't think it physically because it was just a wrist thing, wasn't it? That, yeah, but we're but we're also not talking away. about 2016 David Johnson here. Well, I understand that, but now he's 47 years old. He was 38 <laughs> when that happened. So uh, he came into the league at 26. I think. That's, <laughs> Again, old man rivers. We I like all these veteran uh, bounce backs. Dynasty so, over here. I I think I think the touches can be there. I think we can see a season maybe similar to what happened in 2018, where he had a bajillion carries and was very inefficient, and uh, also had a decent number of targets and was also inefficient with those. I just I, I don't think it's there anymore. But I think they're going to give him a bunch of touches because of what they had to pay to get him. I think that the, the I mean obviously we chase we chase touches and we have to hope that guys are efficient with them. He's just not going to be, and, and maybe that's fine. Maybe we just chase the touches and and we live with what we get. And he can catch the football. I mean he's 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 going to be on the field a lot. And For sure. I mean 100%. at the end at the end of the day, like that's as far as bounce back candidate goes, you can probably comfortably start him week in week out. Free touches. Yeah. 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 And and you said chase touches. Not only you chase touches, but you chase touches in good offenses. And I, I do feel like the Texans are being cast aside when Deshaun Watson is still in his prime. And he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but he has some weapons in the wide receiver position we talked about last week. All right. Let's move on to the next one, which is our fantasy or not just fantasy NFL offensive rookie of the year. We'll start with Eric, who's going homer on us. Uh, yeah, no, I am. And actually, I actually think this is like he's got to be the favorite to be offensive rookie of the year anyways. And that's Joe Burrow, Joseph Burrow, the man himself. <laughs> Lights up the night sky in Louisiana. No problem, Joe Burrow. He's going to do it in Ohio, too. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited to watch him play. I think that this offense is going to be a sight to be seen. I, hopefully, they, hopefully they hit their stride this year and really kind of put things together. Thrilled they tanked last year and thrilled Joe's on the team. We're on a first name basis. He's a good friend of mine. Wait, you're uh, going Joe Burrow for MVP? No, no we're, he's still oh, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, we switched. Yeah, dude, we, did, we didn't switch. He's oh, we did switch. You're right. He's I'm still right. bad at this, huh? He's still bad. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, good. That, Nathan's bad at leading. No, no, you're both bad. Nathan skipped it, and you he, didn't listen. He said MVP. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. This show fell apart when I left, didn't it? Yeah. And now oh, you're yes. back and just torturing us, aren't yeah. you? I mean, well, luckily you guys got good at ad reads. That was impressive. So I'll compliment I'm, you. I'm one of us is good at ad reads. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, we'll just go to offensive rookie of the year. Do you want me to just kick over nope. my, no, my no, no, no. We're, we're finish? Let's roll with it. Yeah. So Joe Burrow. I mean, I think this is just. This is just like the odds-on favorite, I, and I actually believe that that's what it. And and is. if AJ Green is the bounce back, then Joe Burrow is the offensive rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Nathan, who uh, who do you've got for uh, offensive rookie of the year? We're going on this large limb that I have over on this tree, and it's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think that. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to make people think that running backs matter again. That he is going to, you know, transform that Colts offense into one of the better offenses in the NFL. And Taylor's going to, you know, put up something ridiculous like 1,300 rushing yards, 200, 300 rushing uh, receiving yards, and be, you know, a league winner in fantasy, even though his price tag is pretty expensive as is. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be slow to start. I, I think it's still going to be Marlon Mack, assuming he's a Colt at least early on, and then once Jonathan Taylor's kind of in, in the swing of things and, and going full speed, I think it's his backfield and he never looks back. And 
it could happen rapidly. It could it could take a two weeks. It could take six weeks. I think whenever whenever it officially becomes Jonathan Taylor's one hundred percent backfield, I mean, sky's the limit for for Jonathan Taylor with with that offensive line. Even with Philip Rivers as as the QB, I mean, he's so good that it's going to be he's going to be able to do whatever he wants back there. I mean, Philip Rivers is is. I mean, Jacoby Brissett did a pretty good job in this offense. I think Philip Rivers can do the same thing. Just as Philip Rivers Eric, better. Eric, did we watch the same Colts offense? Last I think they're. I think they're. But gotta be. They've gotta be the same at this point, right? Anyways, right. They're both same and they're both bad. But <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, but I mean, they. I don't know. They weren't complete. They, they weren't the Bengals. Anyways. Um, my, so I, I don't mind this, this take. The problem that I see is I actually believe Marlon Mack is good. And I think that that's like a real struggle in front of him. And Naheem Hines also catches a lot of football. So I don't know. I, I, I think that the path is kind of convoluted. Anytime Naheem Hines takes a snap over Marlon Mack or Jonathan Taylor, the, the Colts are willingly saying we want to be worse on this play than we were the play before. I'm not true. okay. No, they're gonna do it. So it's <laughs> true. That that's also true. They are going. To <laughs> I do don't. It. I'm not the head coach. I don't know what to tell you. All right, Dan, wrap, wrap us up on the Oroy. Uh, good old Oroy. I'm gonna go a little further out on a branch, and I'm gonna say Tua Tagovailoa is going to be our offensive rookie of the year. I think. He gets starts earlier than we're anticipating. Yes, he probably should sit the season and just kind of let his body become whole. But I think Miami inevitably becomes too impatient, and now we've got Tua, and I think he just goes off. I think he's uber-talented. He's got plenty of talent around him. Obviously, that team is still kind of you know, in the works on their way back up. But you've got Devontae Parker. You've got Preston Williams. You do now have uh, Raheem Mostert. Mostert, no, who'd they get for running back? Oh, Breida. Breida, right. They got one of the Niners. So Matt Breida, assuming health, I mean, he's he's definitely serviceable. And I, I just think Tua in that division specifically can can do some damage. And once once he once he's handed the reins, I think again, kind of like Jonathan Taylor, I don't think he looks back and I, I think he kind of takes the league by storm. We kind of see that Kyler, Lamar, Dak Prescott type feel to what Tua brings to the field. And and I think we're looking at probably a, a top six or eight quarterback really quickly. I think that's a lot of ifs. I mean, obviously you know that, but going sure. out on the branch yard. But I mean that's that's an if of like if he's healthy. If the Dolphins ignorantly stick him out there early, which they drafted him, you know, in the top what fifth pick overall, like they're they're gonna put him out early. That's like a that's that's just a fact. You don't sit on people a year anymore. But I think those are some reasonable ifs, and especially if he's gonna be the offensive rookie of the year, especially when there's rookies that are gonna be starting every single game. For sure. You know, I, I mean, it's definitely somewhat lofty. I just think Miami's really good at being bad. And oh, yeah. no, putting no, I, him I, out yeah. there too early is a bad decision, even right. though we want him out there. I, I just feel like it's going to happen. I, I think that if this was a non-COVID season, Tua would be starting week one. Sure. Uh, but since it's a COVID season, I think there's a chance that he doesn't play at all. And I think that would be the smart move. I mean, Brian Flores has shown to be making mostly good decisions so far. And so, you know, I, I like what they're doing in Miami. So I, I tend not to err on the side of they're going to make a, a mistake with Tua. I think that if he, if Tua sees the field, it's much later in the season. But 
it could be one of those things like he comes in and yes, there's, you know, uh, it's harder to earn O'Roy votes when you're, you know, coming in in week nine, but he could like light up the league and, you know, become, you know, one of the best players in the NFL very quickly. Yeah. I mean, he could do like what Odell did in like week eight and then just come in and blow away the, the rest of that season. Oh, sure. don't uh, wait, hold on. Pardon, guys. We haven't talked about Jalen Rager is going to be Odell Beckham 2.0. He got hurt in training camp. <laughs> I, I saw. I, I even saw your salty tweet on that. Like my my phone, like that's my other account. It now reminds me whenever you tweet something that gets reasonable interaction. So <laughs> there you go. Congrats well, you, on your reasonable interaction. Oh, well, then, you, then you must have seen my Fournette to the Chiefs this morning because I've been getting tweets about that all freaking day. <laughs> yeah, liter- well, literally, you made me open Roto World and be like, oh, did that happen? And yep. I believed you to be an NFL insider knowing you are not. All right. All three of us have not so hot NFL MVP takes, so let's get through these quickly. Uh, mine is Dak Prescott. Um, he has the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be crying by week four saying, why am I only getting 12 touches a game? Because he has the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Dak's going to throw for 50 touchdowns and be the NFL MVP. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, so as far as odds go, Dak is plus 2,000. I think he's got a very, very, very good chance of being in that race because, like Nathan, he's plus two thousand. Plus two thousand. He is behind Drew Brees. He is behind Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Figure that out. So the odds-on favorite, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes, and I think second odds-on favorite is Lamar Jackson, who is going to be my pick here. I do love Dak Prescott, but. I think Lamar just brings so much to the table that it's really hard to deny it. Obviously, what he did last year was truly special. I just don't think it was a fluke. I think that's what he's going to continue to do. Uh, uh, that's my pick here. Yeah, my, and and I, that's tough to argue with, as my pick is as well. I, Mahomes is my pick. That's really boring, but we all know why he can be the MVP. Yeah. So not even sure why. I mean, I, I don't know. But it's tough to say otherwise. Like, I mean, I, I understand your arguments, but, I mean, Mahomes is – He's just electric, and if he's on, and if that team's hitting on all cylinders, they win the Super Bowl, or he they crush the regular season. He's the MVP. All righty, now let's go to who will have the first pick. One of my favorite uh, part of our prediction episodes each year. I predicted the Cardinals two years ago when they were probably like the eighth or ninth, you know, ranked team. Anyways, uh, who had the first pick? Um, I'm not going out on a limb this time. Uh, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are actively tanking, doing everything they could possibly t- can to tank. And it's a shame for Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew dynasty owners, uh, but it doesn't matter because the Jags are awful. Is Minshew going to be the starter there? I, I've seen him doing all sorts of epic Eric, stuff. <laughs> Eric, who who would who else would be the starter? I don't know. To Denard be- Robinson? Josh Dobbs? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, is Nick Foles still there? I guess not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's been it's been a long quarantine, boys. I don't know what to tell you. I love Gardner Minshew, though. I'm all in on that, though. All right. So if you're in on Minshew, who are you in on for your worst team? Oh, the worst team? Yeah, it's 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 the worst team in the NFL for several reasons. Then the one with the absolute worst name, the Washington football team. Logan Thomas could very well be the quarterback for that team. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not even a whole lot to add there. That this this roster is just as as Dan would say, dookie. Straight straight booty cheeks. Uh, okay, my <laughs> my first overall pick is going to coincide a little bit with my uh, with my hot take with Cam Newton. 
It's going to be the New England Patriots. It, they made it look like they're going to try this year. They bring in Cam Newton. They're trying to field the full roster. But all of a sudden, here comes the Dark Lord himself, Bill Belichick. They're going to be behind in every single game because that defense is atrocious. Cam's going to throw it 60 times a game. And they're just going to always be playing from behind. And unlike normally when they have mediocre teams that win coin flip games, they're losing all of their coin flips game, coin flip games this season because of that defense. And the offense will be good to keep them in it, but not good enough to bring them back and win games. All right. So Cam Newton is a top five QB and the team finishes last. That's, yep. called, the, that's called the Blake Bortles special. That yeah. is the Jameis Winston. Blake out of the league Bortles. Perfect. All right. <laughs> so we have all of our first picks in now. Our Super Bowl pick. I will lead us off here. I have the Ravens winning the Super Bowl over the Saints. Uh, I feel like I've picked the Saints to lose the Super Bowl each of the last three years, so it's got to be right one of these days. Uh, Drew Brees makes the, makes the one last Super Bowl before he heads in the broadcast booth. But I, I was looking at the Super Bowl odds. The best pick, in my opinion, for Super Bowl odds is the Texans at 50-1. to 1. I think that if you can get a quarterback as good as Watson at 50-1 to 1 Super Bowl odds, it's worth a shot. Yeah, mine's mine's similar. I think I think I'm with you on the Saints, and I'll just I'll just continue on the Chiefs bandwagon since I took uh, since I took Mahomes to be the MVP. He'll also win the Super Bowl. Interesting. So I went all purple for my Super Bowl. I went <laughs> Minnesota Vikings bringing home their first Super Bowl championship ever over the Baltimore Ravens, who I believe are the best team in the AFC. Right now, the Chiefs are right there. Uh, I think we get a barn burner in the AFC Championship, a, a, a Ravens Chiefs barn burner, and I think we get a Vikings Saints barn burner in the NFC. I think, I think those four teams are comfortably the top four teams for me. What about Timmy Brady? No. <laughs> yeah, that experiment isn't going to work. Unfortunately, no, it's going to be. Do, quite do you believe bad. the experiment will work, Nathan? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> hey, I didn't know how, how blinded by your homerism you are. No, no, I, th- no, I think. No. I mean, you you could look at my tweets the day they signed Brady. I was like, I'm not sure Brady's better than Jameis. So, <laughs> yeah. I think um, the Niners, the Niners and Cowboys have a good chance in the NFC as well. Um, but I mean, the AFC is just locked up. Chiefs, Ravens. It's going to be one of those two, for sure. All right, that should wrap us up for this evening, Eric. I know you have lots of work to plug, so I'm going to give you 20 minutes now. Plug all your work. Twenty yeah, so. minutes. So I haven't seen football in some time, um, and that's that's it. I, I'm just here for fun. I'm here to be back with you boys, back with the listeners, bring some love, bring some fun, talk about Nathan eating dog poop and Mike Davis. And he, Mike Davis still has NFL value right now. Mike Davis was on a team and Leonard Fournette wasn't. Did you see that? No, I didn't know Mike Davis was on a team. By the way, Dan, I forgot now. Go ahead. You did, in fact, forget about our friends, Bet Online. Playoffs? Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, 
B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All righty, that'll wrap us up for this evening. Eric, thanks so much. And the Lightning have won. They're advancing to the Easter Conference Finals. Let's go. That's how we end the podcast. Have a good day. Have a good week. Let's go. Kadoosh. Oh, by the way, Eric, you're starting. What am I doing? You're starting. Oh, I'm just coming in with the real thing? Yep. I'm on the intro? You are the intro.